we are in a series around here called Core, and where this series is coming from is uh, from the the New Testament church, the new church, when when Jesus said, hey, I'm leaving, and I'm going to put you in charge, and and you run things from now on, it's going to be good, and and then he lifted off the planet, and how many know, it it, did, it got good. You're here today, you're watching, because it got so good, all right, millions have been reached as a result. But how many know sometimes when things go along, like, for example, this country, okay? Um, When this country first started, it might have looked a little different than it does today. How many think that could be? That it could have shifted here or there and, and look a little different. And so... Uh, here's the thing is when you think about the church, when you think about being a believer, a Christ follower, and all, well, what did it look like then? What, what did God really intend for it to be and to look like? And, and, and how was it supposed to be? And how did they do it? They were so effective reaching people. What was that like? And so that's what we're doing. We're looking at it. And what I found, I believe, there are at least four key things, four key principles, core principles, that if we would put them in the life of this church, which I believe we are doing and trying to do, uh, but if you would put them in your life and do them, that you would come to full life in Christ. That, that God would begin working in your life in a dynamic way. You would be growing, thriving, and becoming all that God wants you to be. Sound like a good deal? And so uh, I believe these four principles could and will change your life. And so today we're going to look at the second installment of four. And uh, last week we talked about communication, how important it is to communicate had so much feedback. Thanks for sharing it to those of you who aren't fasting social media during our 21 days of prayer. Thank you so much for sharing it because it, it goes around and makes a difference in so many different people's lives. You just don't know. Your boss might get saved. If your friends on, on social media or your coworker or your classmate from 20 years ago or whatever, uh, could be friends with you, and they tune in, and they watch, and their life has changed. And so thank you for doing that. But today, point number two, uh, we're going to look at the O in the word core. I'll just clue you in. It's an acrostic, okay? And uh, we're going to look, last week, communication, this week, obey, obey. But what should we obey? Well, here's the thing that I've, I've seen in culture is there's a lot of fake news out there. How many found that to be true? How many at home? You just type it in the chat. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's fake news out there. I mean, maybe you've been guilty of this. You you saw this thing, and you thought, oh, man, I'm going to share that. And, oh, look at that. And, And you shared it, and somebody said, fact check. That is not true. Proven. That is, he did not say that, or that is not accurate, or whatever. How many have had that happen, right? And and so, 
uh, you can do that innocently. But then there's people who intentionally are spreading fake news. And, and so you, you're like, well, I, I just don't know because there's political agendas that can be behind things where, where you, you think, well, I think this is true and on, and then you find out, oh, okay, you're trying to get me to believe your political position or your agenda that you have. Or, I don't know if you've seen these, but there can be these news articles that it looks like a legit news article. But then you find out, no, it was an ad. You know, there's this teeny tiny print at the bottom paid for by whatever party or whatever company or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. Because maybe you, you read this thing and it's like, if you take this, who would have known? If you take this, you can live to be 150, you know? And you're like, wow, you know, they've, science has proven this. You, really, if you take this, you know, you live to be 150 and have all your mental capacities. It's amazing and whatever. And, and then you find out, oh, okay, you're selling it. That's what it is. You want me to sign up today. Ships immediately to your house or whatever. And you're like, hmm, not sure about this. You know, th there can be fake documentaries that you can watch. And you're like, you think it's a documented, legit, you know, independent and whatever. And then you find out, oh, no, this was sponsored by this particular organization. And so in a world of fake news, what do you do? Have you ever found yourself asking, you know, what is true? You know, and, and maybe you get more leery of things by the day because you're like, I don't know about that. How do you know what truth is? How do you know how to rear your kids in a culture where there's so much fake news? How do you manage your life? How do you manage your career? How do you, how do you, live as a person in this culture where you can have some people who look professional and they speak professionally. They, they're they're well-spoken. And, and then you find out where they were bought by somebody. Somebody paid them to speak out like that. Somebody paid for the platform for them to use. Well, today, I want us to look at how to help raise your kids, how to help know how to date, how to help know how to build your career, how to know how to navigate your life, how, how to do dating well, how to do child rearing well, how, how to do this. And I believe that the secrets to this are found in the early church. Because here was a group of people that were opposed, like very few people have ever been opposed. And yet, they were rooted and grounded in something that held them together in a world falling apart. And I want us to read a verse that we read last week from Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 
where it says what they did. Here's what they did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So they would get together and and do some things. And and one of the things they did, they were diligent about this. This notice this. They stuck to the apostles' doctrine. And the apostles' doctrine came from God's word, what God said. And and so what happens is, is, is I think there needs to be some things in your life, there needs to be at least a thing in your life that you'd be willing to die for. They were, they were willing to die for what they believed. They said, I'm telling you, this is truth. It is truth so much that it's truth I'll die for. And listen, you don't just die for it. How many of you know you ought to be willing to live for it too? You ought to be able to live for it, to to have it affect your life. And so there's timeless truth in in the universe. You know, I mean, here's something that I saw this morning that happened. I I don't know if you saw this or not. This is second service, so you might not have seen it. Uh, the sun came up this morning. <laughs> Newsflash. And, and here's the thing is I predict it'll come up tomorrow. And you know why? Because it came up yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. As a matter of fact, out of my lifetime, there's never been a day when it didn't come up. No matter how cloudy it was, no matter how overcast or whatever, it still came up. Day came. And, and night, you know, a, a clear night, I'm telling you, the moon is up there. And it may look different than it did a week ago or whatever, but, but it's there. And there's seasons that keep coming around. And and guess what happens? Every farmer knows this. You plant corn and corn comes up. Never been a time when a farmer said, I I don't get it. I planted corn, got beans. (laughs) Oh. You know why? There's a law. Sowing and reaping. And what you sow, you will reap. And so it just happens. And and so there's these truths. And in stressful times, especially, you need some truth you can count on. In in stressful moments, and you talk about stressful moments, these people that we're going to read about here that we're already reading about, They were under stress because they were going to maybe die for what they believed. There were people who said, you shut up about Jesus. We have heard about enough of that guy and how he's alive and you had breakfast with him last week and whatever. And and we're just done with that. And they were like, hey, we, we can't help but tell what we know. 
We, we, we've got to share our experiences. As a matter of fact, here's what they said in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. New King James Version says it this way. We ought to obey God rather than men. Man, some of you, you just need to highlight that verse right there. Because when the world's telling you this and the world's telling you that and the world's saying this and the world's saying that and hey, y'all turn left here, y'all be like this, y'all do this and now, oh, that was last year, now this year, y'all be like this and whatever. In a, un, in a changing world, an uncertain world, in an unstable world, they said, we're going to go with God. We're going to go with what God says over what man says. So I want to give you today from God's word, if we'll, if we'll do the same thing, I believe it'll do the same thing in our lives that it did for them. You ready? How many are ready? Are you ready online? All right. You ready? Here, here's some truths about truth, all right, truths about truth. First off, if you're taking those, there is timeless truth. There is timeless truth. Just like you plant corn, you, you get corn. Just like the sun coming up every day, there are, there's timeless truth, and, and there's true truth in a world of fake news. And this is so important because what happens is, is is you have people who say, well, this is my truth. And you've got your truth. You know, and, and so, you know, you have your truth, I have my truth. How many know that doesn't work? Especially at an intersection in town. <laughs> right? Because I, I feel like I've got the right away. I'm in a hurry. I'm a busy person. I'm important. I've got places to go, people see, you know. And I don't know what you're doing out here or whatever, you know, but, but you just need to get out of the way. How many know it doesn't work, right? You, you can't operate in a world like that. And, and here's the thing. If you really do this right, if you read it right and get it right, then you'll be like what they found in the New Testament church is, is there's going to be an attitude of offense, okay? You just can't avoid it. If you do it right, if you read it right, you, and you say it right, it'll be offensive to, to people. And if you read it right, you'll get offended. You'll be like, well, I don't like that. I don't like that telling me what to do. Tell me how to, whoa, 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 Getting on my toe now. Stepping all over me. But how many know it's good to be challenged? It is. It's good to be challenged. It's good to, how many know, it's good to get clear direction. How many have ever been going the wrong way? And then you, oh, okay, well, oh, yeah, that's nice. Clarification that came from the truth. And, and the Bible offers us timeless 
truth. Because how many know that two plus two will equal four in 2032? It's not going to change. It's a timeless truth. And there are timeless principles that the new disciples said, we've got we've to go with God on this. We can't go with people. Here's the second thing, is the church is called to provide a foundation. See, the church can't go neutral on this. See, other people can go neutral. Other people can, you know, just say, well, whatever, whatever. You know, you got your truth and my truth. The, the church can't do that. Church people can't do that. Christians can't do that. The church is to provide a foundation. Let me show it to you. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, here's what Paul said. If I am delayed, he wrote to Timothy this letter. He says, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. If you've ever wondered, I wonder how Christian people ought to act. Paul says, here it is. If you want to know. And he says that the church of the living God is to be the pillar and foundation of the what? Of the truth. In other words, we've got to stand for truth no matter what other people are doing. Okay, uh, no matter what everybody else is, and everybody's voting for public opinion and whatever else, it doesn't make a difference. We've got to go with truth. And I'm telling you, if I wanted to, I could get a shout and all happy in this place because there's some churches in America that ain't preaching the truth anymore and they're just going with public opinion and whatever else and got a social gospel and we got to get back to God's word. See, I told you. It's, it's true because... And, and let me tell you something, when it's even more, more important, because it's always important, but it's so important, like if you're the only Christian in your family, like some of you are, and, and you're like, you know, they all think I'm the quack, you know, or uh, you bought in, church just wants your money, I'm against organized religion, can't believe you joined up with that. And you're like, man, it's tough. It's so hard. But let me tell you something. All the more so important that you're there. Because here's what the Bible says. You're the pillar. You're, you're the pillar. You're, you're the foundation. Because in a world that's shaking, and it's going to shake some more. And in a world of storms, and there's going to be more storms, and there's going to be more stuff that's going to break out and happen in the world. In a world like that, and a world full of fake news, you're the pillar, you're the foundation that your family, that your coworkers, student, college on the, on the college campus, you're the one the others can come to and find a foundation. So, so that's what Paul says. He says, the church is to be this. Now, here's the third thing to write down, is our world doesn't like it. 
Okay, the world does not like it because many people in the world are like this and maybe see bumper stickers or whatever about this. Can we all just get along? We need to coexist, you know, just, just all come together. And I'm all for, hey, let's love one another. Let's respect one another. You can believe what you want to believe. That's okay. But I'm going to do everything I possibly can to convince you of the truth that has set me free, that has changed my life forever, that living Jesus that I believe now lives through his Holy Spirit in me. I know you can't touch it. You can't feel it. But I experience it, and I just want to do everything I can to possibly Possibly persuade you over to what I believe. And, and, and here's the thing is we can't all say all roads just lead to God. We can't do that. You know why? Because they don't. <laughs> they, they don't all lead to God. Some lead, lead to false gods. And, and so Jesus made it clear that, 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 that you got to watch this stuff. There's going to be false teachers, he said, in the last days that are going to be out there. And Paul picked up on this. And Paul comes along and he says, he, he tells us that, that there's spiritual things. See, it's like he's saying, you know, sometimes you just need to close your eyes because... What's out there is not really real. You think it is. You know, you read it on your phone or whatever, and it seems real. But he says, I'm telling you, there's another world that you can't see, but it's real. And he says, in that world, in that atmosphere, there's a spirit at work. There's a spirit Working that's not promoting truth. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 is where he talks about this. And he says, here's how it's like. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. He says, people are getting what they're asking for because they're not obeying God. They're not following God's Laws of sowing and reaping and, and reaping good things. They're sowing to the wind, the reaping the whirlwind. And all this stuff's going on. And here, here's what he says about them. They are people who do what? Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. See, he, he says there's a spirit out there. And here, here's, here's what it does. It says, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do what God wants me to do because I want to be God. I want to be the supreme director of the universe, at least my universe, and I want to call the shots. Let me tell you something, college student. When, when your professor is uh, spouting off and telling about how there is no God and the Bible's false and whatever else, let me tell you something. The the we're not Christians because the Bible is so perfect. 
we're Christians because Jesus rose from the dead. Parents out there, you've got to understand, in a world where they're twisting the truth and you can't always know what people are saying and what, and people are spinning things and there's just all kinds of spinning going on, right? And, 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 and you got people spinning it for a political reason. You got rock stars and, and tiny outfits uh, saying, you know, I, I'm going to spin it. And, and what they're doing is just, I, I'm going to see how outrageous I can be because I need some more followers. Two million's not enough. And, and you don't know what they're doing, what their reasons are and why they're doing stuff and why they're saying stuff. And, and it could be financial gain and different things like that. And that were, I was thinking about how much spinning there is in the world and I was thinking this week about how the original spinner, how many like the spinners, by the way? Yeah, shout out to, you know, uh, Detroit, right? And uh, some Motown music. But, but anyway, I, I digress. The original spinner was Satan. Because he came to Eve and he said, did God really say... Really? Did, 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 does he really want you to date like that? Does he really mean tithe? Does he really mean, you know, share your faith? I think if you just do it yourself, that's what's most important. And he spins the truth. I'm telling you something as bad really, is we spin it. <laughs> Let alone the devil. I know the devil's got his issues, no doubt. But I'm telling you, sometimes some of us, we give the devil a lot of help because <laughs> we spin it ourselves. Well, I want to date this person. And I know if I read that, I'm probably going to have to break up with them. I know if I read that, I'm going to have to date different than I do now. I know if I read that, I'm going to have to manage my money different. I may even have to rear my children different. Because right now, I'm not really running it by that. I'm running it by this. And how do you do child rearing and what else is out there and what's Pinterest say? How should I build my career? And, and, and here's what happens. We spin it, and here's why we like to spin it, because we think it'll be easier. It'll be easier on me if I just do it my way, if I do it the way I, I think I want to do it. And this is why we need a source. We need an anchor. We need something, a standard that we can go to. And, and you need the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit because without the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, here's what you will do, what I will do. We will choose selfishly, left to ourselves. And this explains all the disunity in the world. The anger, the, the conflict, the fighting, all that, this explains it because 
I want everybody to do my version of the truth. I want everybody to do what I want them to do. And here's how Paul put it back at Romans chapter 1, verse 25. Okay, skip on down a few verses. Here's what he says. They did this. They exchanged the truth. See, we see this a lot. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen? He says, Here, here's what we do. We go with created stuff. Something we build with our hands. Something made by man. And we go by what it says and what it dictates rather than going with the creator. Why wouldn't we worship the creator instead of the created things in our life? And, and here's, here's the bottom line. Is if you go after created things, you'll never have enough. Okay? Because I'll tell you what, there's always a new version. You know, I got it. I got the new version and whatever. And you're like, get it out of the box. And you're like, oh, it's awesome. And somebody says, well, they're coming out with a better one in six months. And you're like, seriously? <laughs> right? Instantly, you're discontented. How long did that last? Let me tell you something. For lasting contentment, Lasting joy, lasting peace in your life. It is only found in timeless truth. That's the only place that you can find it. So let me, let me just ask you this and we'll move on. Have you bought into a lie? Have you bought into the spinner, the person that spins it? And you've accepted what they say about dating or what they say about a career, what they say about marriage or what they say about child rearing or what they say about climbing corporate ladder or whatever. Have you bought into, have you exchanged the truth of God for a lie? Here's the next thing is, just write this down. Jesus is truth personified. Okay, if you want to know what truth is, truth came down to the planet 2,000 years ago. And Jesus was God in a bod, all right? He, he was God on the earth. I wonder what he looks like. I wonder what he thinks like. I wonder what he's about and whatever. There he is. There he is. And here's what Jesus said about himself, not somebody else said about him, but here's what Jesus said about him. In John chapter 14, verse six, John wrote it down. He says, Jesus answered this, I am the way, I am what? The truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, if you want to know, well, I wonder what truth is. There's so many varieties of truth out there, and I, 
I just, I'm confused. I just don't know what truth is. Jesus is like, here I am. Here I am. I am the truth. And the reason why God gave us this so vivid, living color picture of truth is so you wouldn't trade it for a lie. Because if you trade it for a lie, guess where it's going? It's going to brokenheartedness. It's going to disappointment. It's going to hurt and to heartache. And your Savior said, I came to avoid that in your life. I came to free you from that. As a matter of fact, he said, I have come to bind up the brokenhearted. I have come to set at liberty those who are bruised. I have come to preach a gospel of peace that if you will believe it, you'll be healed, you'll be whole, you'll be transformed. How many know that you didn't just read it, you've experienced it personally in your own life. It's changed your life forever because of coming into this timeless truth. Jesus is Truth personified. And here's the next thing. Write this down. The Bible is the source of truth. It is the source of truth. God gave us source. You know, I love going on missions trips. We've gone on a bunch of missions trips, and we've seen a lot of great things happen. And here's one of the crazy things. It's kind of a fun thing, but also it's kind of scary, and it's kind of weird and all as well. But, but I get to do stuff on a mission field, building buildings and things like that that no American in their right mind would ever allow me to do in the United States of America. No way. I mean, I've laid block. I've uh, poured concrete roofs, which was hard. And um, I've done uh, I've done electrical work. Oh yeah. I've done rebar. I've done all kinds of things on the mission field. And to this day, there is a building in the Dominican Republic where this church put a children's ministry center that reaches and helps and feeds and takes care of over two, let me just brag for a moment, over 200 children every week that are cared for, taught about Jesus because this church went down there, built a building and made a difference in a community. That's just one. That's just one. And so when we go down there, though, it's kind of funny or go different places. Some of it is more primitive, okay, than, than here. And they, they we're like, the guys that know what they're talking about, that know what tools are named and different things like that, they'll say, do, well, do you have this tool? And they'll be like, no, we don't have that. But we got a string, you know, or whatever. And they'll be like, oh, okay, well, what do you do with that? And then they'll show them and be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess that works. And, and so they'll do things differently. It's just like getting concrete up onto a roof. We just pump it, you know. And, and they're like, pump it? Who's got a pump? 
we bucket it up there, you know. We all here, here's yours, you know, and just keep going, you know, and and that's how they do it. But but they they still have some standard tools and they'll have some things like you know when they want to know if the wall is square and, and they'll put this triangular metal piece down and, and they'll line it up and, and they'll look because in that children's center, I'll just tell you this, in spite of me laying block there, the walls are straight. Okay, because that, that what they did is they came along and said, um, yeah, this, mm, pastor, you need to, <laughs> okay, maybe you can come over here and help stir the concrete or whatever, you know. Uh, and so, so they, you know, but they got it all squared and straight because you don't want somebody saying that, I think it's square. You don't want somebody building your house and, and somebody's there on the job and says, yeah, I think it's square. Go ahead. Because you're, you're going to have walls that do this if it's not square. You're in places where it doesn't meet up because you, you need the right tool. And, and so there, there's things like a level. And, and you, you don't just say, well, looks level to me. Ralph, how about you? What do you, what do you think? Ralph comes over. Yeah, I think it's square enough, you know, it's balanced enough, it's level enough. No, you know, no, you, you want to know that it's level. And let me tell you something. In your life, God provided a source where you can know if your life is in alignment. Where in a world that's telling you, here's what marriage ought to look like. Here's what manhood ought to look like. Here's what womanhood ought to look like. Here's what motherhood ought to look like. Here's what a father ought to be like. Here's what sexuality ought to be like. Here's what this ought to be like or the other ought to be like. God says, hey, here you go. Here's a, here's a measurement. Just put your life up against this, and then you'll know. And then you can say, oh, that's why we're fighting. Because the Bible says a husband ought to act like this, and I'm not acting like that. Boy, it got quiet. <laughs> you know, the Bible says we ought to do this in rearing our children. The Bible says that we ought to do this when it comes to our money and our finance. The Bible says, and so you just let it come up and you look, instead of looking at this, hello? And, and, and then no wonder your walls are jacked up. No wonder your life's a mess. No wonder, because you're getting your cues from things that don't hold true in your life. God says, I'm putting a source down on the planet so that you can put your life up against it and know how you ought to live. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that? So, so the Bible is that source. And, and here's the thing, is, is when you have guilt and shame and baggage in your life, then you can look at this and say, that's why I have all this emotional junk. 
because I'm fighting it with this. I'm trying to fight off emotional baggage from my life with psychology and on. I'm not knocking all the helps that are out there, okay, hear me. But I'm telling you, there's one source provided by one God that we can come under so there's no confusion, there's no disagreement, there's no problem. You just come up against this and say, ah, I see what I need to do. And so the Bible provides this for us. And C.S. Lewis was such a smart guy. And here's, here's what he did. He, he was a non-believer. He didn't believe in Jesus, didn't believe in the Bible. He said it was all a bunch of stuff. But then he said, I'm, I'm going to prove it. And so he set out to read it and look at it. And he came to this conclusion, put it on the screen. Here, here's, here's what he said. Jesus must be one of three things. He's either going to be a liar or a lunatic or Lord. And C.S. Lewis, after analyzing all the evidence and everything, came up with, I think he's Lord, and submitted his life to him. And listen, I, I think you'll find the same thing because you can't say, well, you know, I just think Jesus, some people say, Jesus was a good teacher and a, maybe a prophet. And all. No, no, he was a loon. He couldn't have been a good teacher because he said, I'm God. There are people in institutions today, hundreds of people who say, I'm God. And we say, that's a loon. There's a loon, you know. He, he said, I'm the only way to God. That's, that's exclusive. So he's either a liar or he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. And the disciples said, well, we weren't quite sure until he came back. And when he came back, and the doors were locked, and the windows were closed, and he popped in and talked to us and said, well, just go ahead and touch me while you're at it. And does anybody have any fish? And after several days of that, and on one occasion, Paul said, he appeared to over 500 people at one time. So if you don't believe me, just go ask one of the other hundreds of people that were there that day and saw him and heard him. He says, he is Lord. Listen, what happens when you live your life as though he is Lord? I'll tell you what happens when the storms come, when the earth's shaking, when everything is crumbling around you, when life is more challenging than it's ever been before, there is something within you that holds you through the storm that when the winds blow, I'm not saying if you become a Christian, you won't have storms, you won't have trouble, you won't have shaking ground, there won't be things in your life. I'm just saying when you do have those things and you're out on the sea and everything's giving and going around you, you'll have an anchor in your life that holds you. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it goes perfect if you become a Christian, okay? But it'll go better. Because here's why. 
you won't be alone. See, you won't be alone in the fire. And, and yet, the culture tries to suppress the truth. So here's, here's what we have to do, Christian. We, we have to say, you know what? Culture is culture. And they're chasing this today, but just stay tuned. They'll chase something else tomorrow because that's just how they are. They'll say this is in today, but next month they'll say, are you still wearing that? You still doing your hair like that? Are you still whatever? Hello? Culture is fickle and will change. So God says, I don't want you chasing stuff like that. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to build your life on a rock. So don't build your life. Don't build a tower on sand. Build it on a rock. And I want to give you some principles real quick here that will help you to do that. How to build on a rock. Get a daily plan each week. Okay, get a daily plan each week of how you're going to how you're going to read the Bible. And one great way is to just download the YouVersion Bible app. It's easy for me. It's just down, and, and then there's all kinds of reading guides that you can pick. You can choose how many verses you're going to read. I, I'm just going to tell you this. I'd rather you read one version every day than read a chapter once a month. Because <laughs> you don't eat once a month. You need to eat every day, so you need a daily plan. And these people, these are things these people did. They had a daily plan, daily. And then come together every week. They came and worshiped together every week. What? Not just Christmas and Easter? Are you kidding me? Yeah, these people came every week. They came every week, and they worshiped, and they encouraged each other. Ralph you're going to make it another week. Sally, you're going to be okay. Man, we're praying for you. Man, you're, you're going to make it this week. God's got a plan for your life. Let me speak over your children. Let me talk over you. Let me, let me speak in, into your marriage, into your situation, because God is in control. You need that in your life. And here's the third thing is share regularly with others. See, because here, here's what happens. When, as you share it, you get built up. Have you notice that? As you, I, I'll just tell you, I think some of the people in this church who know the Bible maybe better than other people are people who volunteer in kids' ministry. Because they, they're teaching it all the time. They know who Jonah is. They know who David is. They know who... Abraham is. They know who Moses is. They, they know these people. They know the stories. They know the scriptures. It's, it's because, so if you're here today and you don't know the scriptures too well, you need to volunteer for kids' ministry. Because you'll get to know it. So you have to know it to teach it to them. And I'm just telling you today, the same anchor 
that held these new believers when everybody was against them and wanted to shut them down. The, the thing that held them together, that gave them strength through all of the testing is the same thing that will hold you. It's God's word. His word. Let me just read you a few things from God's word. Just real quick. Here it is. I won't read you all 66 books of the Bible, but here's a, here's a few. In Genesis, if you'd read Genesis, you'd find that he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's your high priest. In Numbers, he's your fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's your guide. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Isaiah, he's your prince of peace. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, he's the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he's forever faithful. In Joel, he's the Spirit's power. In Obadiah, he's the Lord, our Savior. In Nahum, he's our strength and our shield. In Haggai, he restores that which was lost. In Malachi, he's the Son of Righteousness with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's not just God, he is the Messiah. In Acts, he's the fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, he's the power of love. In Galatians, he is freedom from the curse of sin. In Thessalonians, he's our calling king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he is our mediator. In James, he is the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he's our faithful shepherd. In John and Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride. In Revelation, at the very end, when it's all over, said and done, he is and will always be the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Lamb of God, the great I am, our Lord and Savior forever and ever and ever and ever. What would happen if you started reading it for yourself? What would happen if you got a verse, if you got a, a word from the Lord this week that spoke to you that held on so that you could hold on? I'm telling you, the same thing that worked for them will work for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that even though we, we sometimes have to take some medicine. We have to sometimes force some things down. And for some of us today, this was kind of a come to Jesus moment. Because some of us, when it look, when it, when, it, when we look at our lives, we're, it doesn't quite look like your Lord always. Looks like we're in charge a lot of the time. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, God's convicted me today. God's spoken to me.
And there's some things in my life that are out of alignment. There's some things that I've allowed. I've allowed the world's version of truth to come in. I've allowed other opinions to come in, different things. And I've allowed it to mess in my home, my marriage, my relationships, my dating, my 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 career, my, my future. I've allowed it to mess with my psyche. I've allowed it to mess with my emotions. But today, I, I'm not gonna do that. I'm tuning out all the voices and tuning in to God to make Jesus Lord of all of my life. If you feel God calling you to a deeper walk with him than maybe you've ever walked with him before and you need to make maybe some changes in your life, how many would raise a hand? You'd be honest enough to raise a hand here today. Yeah, hands all over this room. Maybe online, just stretch your hand toward the screen as I pray for you. Father in heaven, I pray for every person that maybe some, they know what they should be doing. It's just they're not doing it. So God, help us to do it this week. For some of us, when we measure up our lives today, we, we see where things are off. We see where we need to make some adjustments, some priority changes. So God, help us to do that. Help us to come into alignment with you because we know that we'll have contentment, joy, peace, all those things that we long for will be found as we align ourselves with you. While heads are bowed, nice are closed, we're still an attitude of prayer. Wherever you are, whether you're in this room or you're at home today or you're somewhere else, maybe God's speaking to you about making Jesus Lord of your life. And maybe you've never really done that. And, and that's the reason why that, that today you feel lost. But the good news is that Jesus came searching for you. He came longing for you and came for you to find him today. And if you're here this morning and maybe you walked away from God, maybe somehow or another you, you just somehow lost your way, you walked away, but today you realize what's missing is a relationship with God. I'm not talking about joining a church or religion or whatever. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God. And if you don't have that, I want to pray for you right now. If that's you in this room, just raise your hand today. Just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need it. I need a relationship with God. Yeah. And online, just type in the chat, if you can, decided, and, and we'll be praying for you this week, but I'd like for everyone to pray this prayer. Just wherever you are, just pray it. And everyone pray it out loud so that those around you will have courage to pray it as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe his death paid for my sin so that I can be free. And as much as I know how, I'm surrendering my life to you. Become Lord of my life today. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Help me to start life over in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him for those who made that commitment today.